0: Good morning. It's good to see each one of you. I am Roger Taylor, the Generation's Pastor here at Holland Chapel, and I am privileged to be the speaker this morning, have the opportunity to bring you the morning message. And uh, I am just so glad to see each one of you in this service and trust that the Lord is going to bless in a great way. Uh, a few weeks ago, when Uh, Pastor Kyle asked me about speaking, uh, asked me if I was ready uh, to get in the pulpit again. I have been here at uh, Holland Chapel for a couple of months now, and so first opportunity to speak here at Holland Chapel. And I thought, yeah, I thought I was about ready, and began to ask the Lord to lead, to guide, to direct me as far as what subject material, what He would have me to preach. And the Lord impressed on my mind this opportunity, this theme, or this topic of simple things, and so the series two weeks that I've preached along this line of simple things that the scriptures lay out for us, to show us and teach us, that are to have a, a powerful uh, place in our lives. Things that if we will put in the forefront of our lives, they will help us to deal with the issues of life. So, uh, in this theme of things, simple things, today we're going to talk about the simple life. Now, I'm sure that there's a a lot of different ideas and thoughts this morning about what does the simple life consist of. We would perhaps have a mental picture of our own from uh, what our life consists of, And what we would like our lives to be. So we've got a few things prepared here this morning that perhaps you might relate to. And I wonder if there's anyone in the congregation this morning that if I ask you about the simple life, that this might be something that you would uh, uh, connect to. And you think, yes, right there. I've seen a little bit of stuff on Facebook recently. And I know where some of you are coming from, all right. The simple life. How about this? Whether it be the sunset or whether it be the sunrise, the peacefulness of being out there in God's creation, finding that special place that you might be able to just Exhale and rest in that. How many grandparents have we got? Hey, life gets simple when you're sitting on the porch with the kids, doesn't it? Huh? We might think of that time in life when we finally get to kick back a little bit. And I know there's some folks that are relating to this. Being on the water, in the boat. what is the simple life like to you <laughs> huh <laughs> oh I, I i asked grant to come up with some things for me this morning for the message and uh i noticed we we uh this was our last one correct i, I think so uh There had been some discussion among the staff and it was even suggested and one individual identified Leonard Skinner being a simple man. (laughs) Bang! That hit it for some of you, didn't it? Listen, we've got a lot of different ideas about what a simple life and when we say simple life, this morning we want to relate that to good life because that's that's kind of what we think about when we think about simplifying things we think about changes in life that's going to put us in a better place that's going to position us where we can be more comfortable where we can have more time to enjoy life and so being simple as our subject material is today simple life equals good life now there's a lot of stuff that goes on in life that we experience and at different stages in our life or under different circumstances of our life we encounter different situations and you know we get into some of these life changes of deciding it's time to downsize Deciding that it's time to make some changes, uh, one of the things that I've noticed in our culture—I referred to it earlier—this uh, these uh, little houses. Many, I'm not even sure what the right terminology for that is. Uh, to me, it's too little of a house. Now, listen, a house that is so small that your wife cannot watch a different television than what you're watching has got to be too small, right? <laughs> When we talk about the quality of life, we evaluate and look at a lot of different things, you know, that we would identify as being good life, simple life, quality of life, factors. But there's kind of a universal thing that falls in here. When we start talking about simple life and good life, in our process of evaluating or looking at our life, one of the things that we focus on is what do I need to get rid of and what do I need to hold on to and this process of loosing from some things and clinging to other things is the process of this decision-making of making changes in our life in regard to simplify or putting ourselves in a better position a more quality life, a good life. So there's stuff that we're going to get rid of and there's stuff that we're going to hold on to in order that we might all experience a better life. Now from the biblical perspective, we're going to see how the scriptures speak to this and give us a biblical perspective about things in our life that would simplify life And give us a better life, a good life, a quality life. And there are things that need to be loosed. There's things that we need to get away from because they do not give quality to life. Whenever the Holy Spirit spoke to Isaiah and he began to write uh, the 55th chapter is where we'll take note. This morning in Isaiah's writing, Isaiah spoke of God's call to man, his invitation to man to come and to receive that which the Lord could provide for them and how it could meet the needs to give satisfaction and richness to life. In the 55th chapter, Isaiah says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair give ear and come to me hear me that your soul may live I will make an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promised to David in the Old Testament we see Isaiah's writings and the encouragement That the Holy Spirit gave him that he was to communicate to God's people. To all people, really, that they have the opportunity and they have God's provision available to them. That he can change their lives. He can help in this process. He can give them a simple life, a good life, a better life. The Bible presents for us some fundamentally basic and simple things that if we will, as Isaiah says in this passage, if we will listen to God, if we will hear what God has to say, if we will receive God's truth and God's word, He can change our life and it will be for the better. He can bring us into a life and a fellowship and a relationship that is so different than that that we would know as a sinful, carnal creature, in this world. So we want, to, we want to take note of this this morning. A biblical perspective of what is available to us. Isaiah says that the Lord's provision for these things, the invitation is to come to Him. If you're thirsty, you can have that thirst quenched. Uh, if you're hungry, you can have that hunger met. You do not have to worry about your ability to compensate God for this service because He is providing a free service to you. God in His love and His mercy and His grace extended to you through Jesus Christ gives opportunity to you to have forgiveness of sin, fellowship and relationship with God and to experience what the good life can be and will be in God's plan and God's purpose god's way in your life so when we see in the text as he speaks of coming to the lord and receiving that which is free and listening to the lord and living he also tells us that this is not a temporary thing this is not a temporary experience you know there's a lot of things that we experience here in this walk of life that we find are very temporary A lot of the things that we pursue in this walk of life are very temporary. Sometimes we think, yeah, you can't take it with you. And you can't. Those things. But we even find out a lot of times you can't hold on to it while you're here. It gets away from you before you're ready for it to be gone. And so, the thing that Isaiah speaks of, the thing that God has made provision in, the thing that God provides for us, is everlasting. It's eternal. It's not only sufficient for our walk of life here on earth, but it is Something that does go with us as we go into eternity. As we leave this walk of life. That relationship that we have begun uh, with our creator in Jesus Christ. It's an eternal thing. And so when we listen to the word that Isaiah speaks. We're encouraged, instructed to look to the Lord. And realize that the best things in life really are free. The best thing that you can possibly ever experience and have in this walk of life is absolutely free. As they say, you couldn't pay for it if you wanted to because God's provision is to give you salvation through His Son Jesus Christ. And so Isaiah's encouragement for the people. There's a lot of things in life that we allow to distract us and to steal and rob the joy from us. And so this emphasis today on finding the simple, the good life, and the fact that we've got to get rid of some stuff, and then we're going to cling to some stuff. Whenever Jesus was ministering here on the earth, when he was teaching Uh, what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. In part of that message, Jesus spoke to those that were present that day about turning and looking to Him and the provision that He made available to them. In Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus challenged the thinking of the people as he spoke to them about the pursuit of a better life, a good life through the materialistic things or the things that this world had to offer. But yet in the latter part of this chapter, as we continue on down, we find that Jesus gives reference to why men struggle, why Do you worry? In verse 25, 28, 34 in this chapter, Jesus brings this worry uh, subject to the forefront about having worry. We also call it stress and anxiety. The difficulties that we experience emotionally and physically, mentally in life as being things that, that keep us from experiencing a good life. A life of peace and rest and comfort. Solomon referred to it in his writings after the pursuit written in the Ecclesiastes. The pursuit of all of the things that this world has to offer. Solomon referred to it as vanity. Whether it be fame, or whether it be fortune, or whether it be the prizes of this world, the materialistic things of this world. He said those things, they cannot provide what man needs. They cannot feel that hollowness and that hole that is within a man. He said the things of this world are never enough. There's never enough money. There's never enough fame, there's never enough popularity, there's never enough of what there was yesterday because today we got to get more of it, right? That's the way the world is and that's what the world tries to tries to sell us on and convince us of. So you see when Jesus talks about worry, Jesus doesn't talk about worry in the sense that it's there and just good luck with it. I hope you can you know, I hope, I hope you can manage it. Jesus talks about worry in the sense of why do we worry or why are we experiencing these anxieties and stresses and worries whenever there is help for us and whenever there is something that's better for us in life than the things that are bringing the worry and the stress and the anxieties of life. So, in this same chapter, we read here where Matthew said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not the life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they Do not worry about tomorrow, because the Lord has made available a provision for us. Paul referred to Christians placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that we could live life differently. Because if we don't live a life of faith, if we don't walk by faith and not by sight, then we wind up living in the same type of thinking that the world lives in, which Paul referred to when he wrote the Ephesian church as futile thinking, wasted thinking, thinking that does not follow uh, sound reasoning and logic, and thinking that does not accomplish the necessary and the needed purpose. But you see, Jesus spoke concerning faith. Jesus, having presented himself to men as the solution, as the Messiah, the one who has come to fulfill God's promise to mankind, spoke to them about faith. He spoke to them about God's plan. Seeking first, top priority, the first thing that we consider that we have before us. Is God's purpose and God's plan, God's kingdom designed for us and for his creation? And to put that first in our thinking and in our desires, seeking the kingdom and the righteousness of God, the Lord says, you do that, and he says, I'm going to take care of all of these things that you're worrying about. I'm sure that each one of you have experienced in life a lot of different things that are similar to some of my experiences. I think back to some of the times that I worried about something and I fretted over something. Is it going to be taken care of? Is it going to come out right? I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to make sure. You know, all that goes into our worry, our stress, our anxiety, only to find out that it was already taken care of. It was already taken care of. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out how to pay a bill that's already paid. No, Isn't that a wonderful thing to experience? But the point that I want to make out of that is, if the bill was paid 10 days ago, why have I been living in worry for the last 10 days? <laughs> the bill's already paid. you know what happened a little over two thousand years ago a man named Jesus hung on a cross and died for the sins of the world and he paid the debt the debt is paid and he arose from the grave victorious over death hell and the grave And so let me ask you today, if the debt is paid, why do we still worry? Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God. Seek God's plan, God's way, God's purpose. And he said, I'll take care of all of this other stuff. So you see, we need to take the Word of God and we need to realize that we need to get rid of some stuff in our life. We need to get rid of the worry. We need to get rid of the stress. We need to get rid of the anxiety. And primarily we do that by faith. By faith. Following, trusting in God. Trusting in His Son, Jesus Christ. Trusting in the Word of God, the instruction that God gives us in His Word to direct our lives, to lead us, and to guide us. And so we can Get rid of this undesirable stuff that troubles our life by exercising faith. And then we need to, as we do that, as we trust in Jesus, we need to hold on to those things that Jesus speaks of that are important to us. The Word of God as it has been given to us. Hold on to things that give quality and value to life. When Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, the Corinthians were a church and a city that was in a lot of different types of turmoil and and discord and struggle. And so, you know, that's kind of where a lot of the worry and the stress, uh, the anxiety of life comes from. Paul talking to them, writing to them about what they needed to focus on and give their attention to. He said in the 13th chapter, the 13th verse, this is a verse that you are going to be so familiar with. He said, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. These three remain. Now, Paul had been in a discussion here in this chapter with them about religious things and the spiritual gifts and the use of those things, but what he comes down to in this concluding statement that we look here at, these things remain, these things endure. There are things in life that are designed, that are temporary, and that serve a certain purpose. And they are all good in their place and in their time and for their purpose in God's kingdom. But Paul said, these things remain with us. Faith, hope, and love. And so I want you to think with me for just a moment this morning about what these three things give you in life, What kind of quality things do we experience in life whenever we have these things as our thinking and as our desire and as our method of conduct? To have faith in your life, what would it be to live a life totally absent of any ability to trust to have any kind of confidence, to have any peace or rest about anything, what kind of a struggle would that be in life, you see, to live a faithless life? I think I used the illustration earlier, you couldn't even trust the furniture that you There would be such a sense of dread and even paranoia that you would think everything and everybody is against me. Now, what does faith add to our life in so many different ways? Faith delivers to us a comfort factor of being able to trust and to have confidence. It allows us the confidence that we can, uh, within what we would call normal everyday activities and reason that things are going to be okay. You know, we normally, we normally expect our cars to start. (laughs) Now, I realize, you know, I remember back in the day that I had one that I, you know, I never was really sure about it. but with with at least a, a certain sense of confidence or trust, we know that we can go to our vehicle, we can start it, and we can get where we need to go to meet the schedule. We understand that by trust we have a relationship with other people, and we know that those people that we have contact with, in a relationship of faith in them, We have comfort, we have confidence that if they have said that they're going to do something, then we accept that they're going to do that, and we have comfort, and we have peace in that. Whenever Paul talked about faith, hope, and trust, think and consider how these things give so much quality to the life that we live, the ability to trust, the ability to have confidence, the ability to have peace and rest and hope, what kind of quality does that add to our lives? What would it be to live a hopeless life, a life not able to look forward? But you see, in what God has given us, in God's design, in God's provision for us, we have hope, and the hope that we have biblically and scripturally is not something that's maybe so. It is a secured promise. As I said earlier, the price for sin has already been paid. It's not a promise that he will pay it one of these days. The price for sin has already been paid. Death, hell, and the grave has already been conquered. Your hope in Jesus Christ is not maybe it'll happen. Your hope in Jesus Christ is that it has happened and you're just waiting to get to experience the full joy of it. So you see, hope, is looking forward. Hope is vision forward. Hope is a future. Hope is the dreams, the anticipation. Hope is believing in what has already been promised and paid for. And Man, that adds quality to life. And that quality is given to us in Jesus Christ. And Paul said, then love. In the 13th chapter, he said love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Doesn't love add quality to our life? Now what do we need to hold on to? Faith, hope, love. These things are the things that a good life will display. And these are the things that are available to us. These are the things that are promised to us through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross and His victory over the grave. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, Cast your cares upon me because I will care for you. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This morning, are you able today in your mind, in your heart, as the Lord speaks to you, are you able to identify some areas that you need to shed some stuff? You need to make some choices and some commitments and some decisions to get rid of some stuff. And have you identified and realized this morning that there's some good stuff available to you that you need to latch on to, hold on to, and you need to receive that into your life? Pray with me this morning, please.